Well, greetings from Long Beach, California. Pastor Larry here, Larry Wachemeyer from Light and Life Christian Fellowship. And greetings to the Carnforth Free Methodist Church and especially to Pastor Christy. God bless you. It's an honor and joy to be speaking to you for a few minutes today. I'm <clears throat> actually doing so. Uh, sitting on the patio of a Starbucks. So I apologize for any distractions or for making anybody thirsty there. I pray that you're all well and uh, blessed. Pastor Christie asked if I would just uh, take some time and share on some questions that he sent me and I'm really honored to do so um, with you today. So let me pray for our time together. Father, we come in the name of Jesus and we thank you, Lord, for uh, this time together as brothers and sisters across the ocean from each other and yet united by your spirit as if we were in the room together. Lord, I bless my brothers and sisters there at Conforth and thank you for their ministry and their faithfulness to you, especially during this current pandemic. Um, may this talk be encouraging to each one that listens. Uh, may you build us up in the faith as we share this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Pastor Christie sent me some, uh, some questions, so I thought I would just address those. I'll take off my sunglasses here. Um, what's it like for you guys and light and life at this moment? Um, yeah, that's, that's a good place to start because uh, it's been crazy around here. We just, this Sunday was six months that we have been uh, on quarantine to some degree. Uh, we were able to partially open our sanctuary for two weekends, and we saw about 20% of our people return with all safety protocol in place. Um, but then we had a spike, a surge, and we were shut back down again. We weren't online when COVID started, but we'd been preparing to go online, so we didn't miss a Sunday, and we jumped right online, and our live stream has... Um, has been well attended uh, by people not only locally, but uh, across the nation and really around the world as well. Um, people are judging statistics different ways, um, but we are really pleased with how many people are tuning in for our services. Right now we're live streaming two of the services on Sunday morning and uh, then playing them at other times um, during the week, as well as devotions uh, that we're having two or three nights a week in our midweek service. Uh, so we're actually putting out quite a bit of content via our online platform at llcf.org for Light and Life Christian Fellowship, uh, llcf.org. Uh, three weeks ago, our health directives allowed us to meet outside, and so that's what we did. Uh, we started an evening outdoor uh, service because it's cool enough in the evening to meet on our church yard, and uh, we've seen about 25% of the church come out for that evening gathering, which is not recorded. It's in addition to our live stream. So that's a little bit about uh, 
where we're at currently in this pandemic, we haven't lost anyone to COVID. We've had many people get COVID in our in our church. We've lost, uh, had them lose a lot of loved ones, but um, no one in our church has died. We've had a couple come really close, but um, it's a, uh, it's, it's really stretching us for sure. And uh, we're just thankful for God's great, great faithfulness to us during COVID. He's been showing up in so many ways, including financially for us as a church. And um, so that's a, that's a little bit about where we're at right now and what it's like for us. Um, a second question here is how are pastors and leaders impacted by the pandemic disruption. Um, wow. I got to tell you, uh, through my role with Exponential, which is a nationwide organization that resources church planters. In fact, we were the last major conference ministry to get to hold our conference just before we went into quarantine. We had about 6,000 pastors and leaders with us in Orlando, Florida. And uh, then 10 days later, we were in quarantine. So we praise the Lord, we got to have our big conference. Um, but meanwhile, we've been uh, doing so much ministry with Exponential. So I've, not only through surveys that they've done here in our nation, but uh, through personal conversations, I've been able to talk to pastors and leaders about how this is um, impacting them, plus our own pastors and leaders in, um, in our city. So, um, the main word that I would say is um, exhausted and uncertain. Um, there's, there's, it's just been so tiring to transition our ministry so, um, so decisively and so thoroughly to this online platform. And, uh, and man, I'm a hugger, for example, and I probably give a hundred hugs every Sunday morning to the thousand people that come through our door. And, I haven't been able to hug anybody for six months and that affects me because uh, I'm an extrovert. I like people. I like being with them. Uh, so that weighs on me. Um, plus it's, it's just, it's just tiring. They say that zoom should be multiplied by two. So if you have an hour meeting on zoom, it feels like a two hour meeting and I'm having so many hours on zoom that I just feel like I'm working 80 hour weeks and a lot of pastors feel that way. Um, so, um, that would certainly be one of the impacts, um, but the surveys also show that during this, uh, crisis, 14% of, uh, of church members have changed churches during this crisis. That's a lot. So if you've got a church of a thousand, that's a, that's 140 people. Now we haven't had that many, but we've certainly had, uh, some uh, change churches uh, during this pandemic and that of course weighs on us in a certain way and then um, that we've had all these other ancillary issues come up that have been so divisive to the church and this has probably weighed on me more than uh, even the pandemic we're a very diverse church as you may know um, about 40% African-American, 40% Latino, and then 10% uh, Asian, 10% Anglo. And um, the race issue has been so divisive here. And we're, 
uh, Irenic build, bridge builders at Light and Life, and so most of our people are, are okay, but we have those on the fringes both sides. And we've had some folks leave on both sides of a racial reconciliation issue. So that's that's been super hard. Of course, we have a presidential election coming up and our church is kind of split down the middle, Republican and Democrat. And so that's a that's a <laughs> that's just a whole nother can of worms. So um, it, it, it it's usually, you know, I could just really lean into relationships and really help our people through these issues um, better but it's hard to stay in touch with one another and uh, so people are online feeding their minds with all the different social media and, um, and without the relationship in person to kind of offset that and so that's been super difficult um, and just not knowing how long, how much longer this is going to go on and uh, what impact it's going to have on the church. That uncertainty is, is, is really taking a toll. So pray for your pastor, pray for me, pray for <laughs> pastors in America. Um, we are trying to lean into this as an opportunity for the gospel. Um, trying to be creative and uh, we've started so many new outreaches and so many new um, initiatives um, because we're trying to leverage this for the gospel. Um, the third question then is this, what, what have you learned in this new season? And uh, well, I could give a, a long list of things that I, I've learned during COVID, um, but perhaps, um, Perhaps one of the most important lessons is that if there's ever been a time for pressing into prayer and to God's word, it's, it's been this time. Unfortunately, the statistics of research show here in America that um, Bible reading among practicing Christians has actually decreased during COVID. I'm shocked at that, but that's what Barna research has showed um, down 32%. And, um, and so that's disheartening. But um, just for me personally, whenever uh, a new season comes up, that's, an, that's a clarion call to press into intercession, press into prayer, press into the life of the Spirit, press into worship, um, press into those relationships that are going to be feeding my spirit. There's so much that's draining my spirit and draining the spirit of our church people that if there's ever a time to be feeding yourself spiritually it's it's now because life around us is just uh, demanding so much more for us than ever before so i think it's one of those lessons that you know but i'm living it in a new way and having to to do that um, I'm, I'm actually leading three organizations, uh, not as the point leader on two of them, but at Light and Life, I'm the point leader. I'm leading with a young, uh, couple of young executive pastors who we've now um, created a lead team. So there's four of us that are really on that leadership team of elders at our church. And so my wife, Deb, and I uh, are co-pastoring, but with uh, two young guys. And so the four of us have, have really covenanted together to cover one another and to pray for one another, 
and um, just that that's been a real a real strength to me and I, I just want that for every pastor I want that for every Christian you need those covenantal partners who will really press in but the other two organizations that I'm, I'm helping lead is Azusa Pacific University which is the largest Christian university on the West Coast um, and this COVID-19 has just so impacted us. In fact, I called for a day of fasting and prayer tomorrow for the board of trustees that I'm on. I lead Mission Fidelity there. And uh, so we're calling for a day of fasting and prayer. Um, we're not going back on campus uh, in the fall. And that hits us in so many different ways. Um, so trying to lead through that. And then Exponential, we're a conference-based ministry. We're not able to do conferences right now. And uh, so I've just really been praying and trying to add to um, the ministry there. So all those things um, are, are pressing me to into the Lord. Uh, what else have I learned? Hold, hold everything loosely. Um, just we, 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 we can't cling to the past if we're going to be fruitful in the future. We can't cling to the past if we're going to be fruitful in the future. Um, there are things um, that we've done in certain ways in the past that are going to be hindrance to the new future. Um, a friend of mine <clears throat> did a national article three or four weeks ago, and he said right now in the church, there are three kinds of, uh, of churches. There are <clears throat> survivors, revivers, and improvisers. The, re, uh, the survivors, they're just trying to hang on. They're just trying to stay alive. It's, it's about survival for them, and they're playing defense completely. Just They're not playing offense for the gospel right now. They're just it's all about their church. It's inward. They're just trying to live through this thing, um, survive, the survivors. But then the, the, the revivers, and the revivers, um, the, the revivers are just asking, how soon can we get back to doing everything like we used to do? We just want to revive what was we had before. Those are the revive everything from the old, um, old normal. But then there's the improvisers, and the improvisers are those who... Um, who are looking for the opportunities in the storm, in the crisis, that are, that are thinking creatively and asking the Holy Spirit to birth new things, that improvisation. Now, in improvising, you don't throw away the charts. You don't throw away the octaves and the scales and the fundamentals. You, you don't throw away the doctrines that create the music of your church. You don't do that those are still very real but you take those and you improvise to create something that hasn't existed before by using the elements of what existed previously what what is um really important and so at light and life one of the things i've learned is that we have got to stress those things that are unchanging even as we prioritize in new ways the new things that we in new ways we've never done i there's a little poem that i say often it goes like this methods are many values are few 
methods always change, values never do. And so the way that relates to who we are at Light and Life is if you were to understand us as a church, if you were to come to our membership class and we were to tell you who we are as a church, we build a pyramid of identity, a pyramid of identity. And what that means is um, the bottom line, uh, the bottom layer or foundation of a pyramid is the most important part of a period, uh, a pyramid. And the pyramid for us starts with the doctrine, uh, the foundation of doctrines. What does the Bible teach? Uh, and it's not enough to say, well, I, we just believe the Bible because cults say we believe the Bible, but what are the doctrines of our church? And we're thankful for the free Methodist doctrines that solidify us. And in, in that layer, we're the same as almost every uh, other, um, well, we're the same as every free Methodist church. And we're the, very similar to most evangelical Bible teaching churches in our, in our doctrines would be those foundational things. Um, and, but then the next layer out of doctrines, uh, the next layer of the pyramid is your values. And so from those doctrines, we elevate some values who define us as a church. And uh, we have six core values that we draw from our doctrines. And those values very rarely change. Our doctrines, boy, those hardly ever, you know, those don't change. Those are unchanging. But our values, those very rarely change. We've had the same values for, for uh, 20 years now in our church. Um, but then based on values, we have the mission of the church. And by mission of the church, uh, everybody who's been in our church for six weeks really could say our mission statement. Uh, reach, teach, mend, and send. Reach, teach, mend, and send. Um, and, and that's who we are, uh, on, that we're on mission based on those values. That's the mission we are on for God. And people argue about the difference between mission and vision, but here's a simple way that we call it around our church. A mission is you can say it. It rises out of your values. It's it very seldom changes. In fact, our mission statement hasn't changed in 20 years. It's the mission that we're on is to reach, teach, mend, and send. Uh, we're a river church. That's that mission. But a vision, you, you can't say it, but you can see it. And so a vision is what we described then. Um, if in five years from now, if we could just... Um, May, wave a magic wand and create what we're imagining, dreaming, and praying for it as a church. This is what it would look like. It's a paragraph with lots of pieces, and we don't expect our people to be able to speak our vision, but they, we want them to see it in their mind's eyes. So a couple of times a year, we lay out that vision for them and say, this is what we're dreaming together. We're dreaming this together. And then on top of that, um, that mission and then vision on top of that you have your strategies we call them ministries but they're really our strategies how are we going to build this vision that we've just told you about well here are our strategies here's our ministries and on top of that we have our leadership and the reason i unpack that for you is this during COVID, I want to be very clear about the unchanging stuff because we need to give our people security. And at the same time, I want them to know that the higher you go up the pyramid, 
the more changeable it is. And so in our ministries and in our strategies and even in our vision, and then in how we lead, what leaders are doing, what our staff are doing, all those things are very changeable and we have to hold those loosely and um, move, move with the Holy Spirit into that. So it's both that security and that agility, that spontaneity, that following the Holy Spirit in this moment. Um, the fourth question was this, what, what do you sense God could be saying to the church? What do you sense God could be saying to the church? And I like the way Pastor Christie wrote this because I certainly wouldn't um, deem to speak for certain on what God is saying to the church. Um, so he might be saying this. He could be saying this. Uh, and yeah, I feel kind of strong about some of this, but not certain that just thus saith the Lord. So um, certainly don't have to get the prophecy. Um, I think the Lord may be saying, change your scorecard. Change your scorecard. In the American church, the scorecard, as you know, has been buildings, behinds, and budgets. Um, the churches that are most successful have the biggest buildings, the biggest uh, number of attendees or behinds, and they have the biggest budgets. Um, and so that's been the scorecard of the American church. Um, and we see that we have, with that scorecard, the gospel is reaching fewer people every year rather than more people. Long scorecard. It's an addition scorecard. It's a, it's a scorecard based on addition. But what has COVID done? <laughs> Our buildings are empty. Our attendance is not there. And even our budgets have suffered in most churches. Um, so the, that, that, that scorecard, I think God may be saying, you, you need to change that. And you need to move that scorecard from addition to multiplication. From size of congregation to the size of kingdom impact. That's what you need to press into um, and a part of that is you need to press into I think the Lord may be saying you need to press into relational obedience based multiplication discipleship God's plan has not changed around discipleship um, relational obedience based multiplication discipleship it's relational in that it's not a class uh, discipleship is caught more than taught there are some things to learn but the main thing you want to do is pass on your life and your passion to your disciples it's relational um, it's it's as you walk it's as you do life it's obedience based because Jesus said, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. And uh, so some accountability, some obedience to life change, sanctification in the context of relationship. And then it's multiplication in that we don't want to make just disciples. That's it's we, we've made we've made mules um, who are sterile instead of um, rabbits who are the opposite of sterile. 
And um, so multiplication means you make not just disciples, but disciples who make disciples. And that's really the sign of their maturity is that they go out and make other disciples, not that they just know more, not that they just serve more in the church, but they actually go and make disciples. Every believer can go and make disciples. And um, so I think that's one of the things God is saying. Um, I also think he's out to empower the priesthood of believers, of all believers in a brand new way. You see, the more professional and larger your church gets, the less the priesthood of believers is really empowered. And we change the priesthood of believers to the volunteership of believers. And we're just looking, the larger our church gets, we're just really looking not for priests, but for volunteers. And so I think COVID is pressing us into this understanding of, um, of the priesthood of all believers. And I think that's super important. Um, and then uh, another thing I think that we need to be thinking about that the Lord may be speaking to us about is understanding minimal ecclesiology. Minimal ecclesiology. In one of my books, I, I have a chapter on minimal ecclesiology. It's uh, in the Mobilization Flywheel book. And um, I, I tell you, go, taking the church completely online and not being able to meet um, is impacting our ecclesiology. And I think it should. We have to understand what is the minimal, um, what is the minimum that makes makes up a, a church. Um, we we've added a lot of layers onto what is church, and I want to caution us about taking taking it below the minimums for a church, because uh, ecclesiology is all the understanding, the thinking around what is church. Um, and in my book, I outline seven things that I think are the minimums of, of what church really is. But uh, I, think, I think we're pressing into that because that's going to give new opportunities, creative expressions to what the church is. Last thing I'll talk about is, um, is this. Uh, um, John chapter 17 Jesus's high priestly prayer. I just wrote a book on this for Exponential, and I really encourage you. You can either get the free ebook download; it's just free, or you can go on Amazon and order the print version. It's called "Together with God." Together with God, understanding the power of Jesus' um, prayer. Yeah, together with God, um, understanding the power of Jesus' greatest prayer. And in John 17, if you know, the thrust of Jesus's prayer is all about unity. And I really believe one of Satan's greatest attacks in this season of COVID is to divide the church. He's working overtime with spiritual warfare to try and divide the church. And... Um, so many issues that we've had to deal with. Should the church be open? What about face masks? Do we have to wear them? Should we not wear them? Um, how, do we, how do we solve the sin of racism? And how do we go about that? And um, what about nationalism? What about immigration? What about uh, 
political agendas and um, what about end time prophecies? There's been division. We've had folks <clears throat> divide in our church, um, not a lot, but you know, a few here and there go off sideways on end time prophecies and is the vaccine the mark of the beast and those kinds of um, those kinds of issues. But the enemy has been working overtime to try and divide the church. And so if ever there was a time for us to say with Wesley and others who have said it, in essentials unity, in non-essentials liberty, in all things charity, this is the time that we have to not just take that as a platitude, but we have to take that as our attitude and press into that more than ever because God always blesses unity. And um, so we have to give our affections and our attention and we have to humble ourselves and be these listeners in order to work towards the unity of the church um, and learn how to disagree without breaking the unity of the spirit. That's a key lesson that I'm trying to teach light and life. So um, I just want to underscore how important this prayer of Jesus really is. John 17, you should be in that prayer at least once a week, I believe, and praying it over your church and praying it for your ministry and praying it for your life and praying it for the, the, the church in Great Britain and uh, for the church in America. So those are a few of uh, the thoughts that I would have for you. And uh, let me just pray for you and ask God's blessing on you and know that I'm sending the love of Light and Life Christian Fellowship North in uh, North Long Beach to you today. Father, I pray that you would just right now uh, spread your wings over Carnforth Free Methodist Church and uh, Lord that the impact they're having in their own neighborhood would increase um, during COVID-19. That you'd keep them safe, protect them, I'm not sure what their situation is right now in terms of openness, but Lord, I pray that uh, you would turn this virus around, but in the midst of it, Lord, may we not retreat into uh, safety, but Lord, may we take risk for the opportunities to share the gospel. Um, help us to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. Lord, help us to care about the harvest, Lord. Help us to follow the leading of your spirit. And may we do all of this for the glory of the only name that deserves it, the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for all you're doing for the kingdom, and um, I pray God's best for you.